0: Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, We learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement
1: profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in, because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. Today, it is my pleasure and my privilege to welcome back a really good friend, Chris Miles. Hi, Chris. Hey, Mike. It's good to be on again. Thank you kindly for coming on the podcast. We'll skip the pleasantries. We have very limited time. So we'll record this episode, kind of go straight into the uh, meat and potatoes of uh, infinite banking. So what's happening out there today? We're in a high interest rate environment. How is infinite banking looking? Uh, What is happening? What's new?
0: Well, I tell you, infinite banking definitely looks better than normal banking right now, especially with... You know, we got Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, we got Credit Suisse. I mean, we got all these, these banks right now that are having issues. And as much as Warren Buffett wants to say, hey, my Bank of America stock's just fine. You guys should keep investing in banks. It does cause me to question, right? So the number one question I always get is, is it safe to invest, or not really invest, but save money inside of life insurance policies, right? Specifically whole life, like we talk about with infinite banking, stored in there, where it's a tax-free supercharged savings account versus keeping the bank. And the answer is really the same as what I've been teaching for several years, which is, you know, like in my example, um, I'm definitely teaching people to be more liquid lately. Right. Have a lot more cash, more dry powder on hand, because, Mike, you know, I mean, it's 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 starting to get frothy out there. or It's just getting to that point. Like it's just we're starting to see those little deals. Like you showed me a distressed deal that you guys have in your fund. Right. I mean, there's there's deals starting to pop up. And so being liquid with cash. I think it's gonna be essential because i think we're gonna end up going to a liquidity crisis where there won't be as much cash so having cash those that have cash will be king but you don't want to store cash in the bank especially too much because what if the banks start failing what if you have issues where fdic can't cover it all what about the sense the, the fact that banks don't pay that much anyways right um that's where infinite banking has become a good re- resolution um in my case i keep, my wife wants to keep three hundred thousand liquid that we don't touch that's our emergency fund well, that's not going to make a lot in the bank, earning point nothing percent, and not to mention I get taxed on that point nothing percent at the bank. So what I've done is I've actually moved more of my money, or kind of earmarked more of my money inside my life insurance, the cash value, which is the savings account, the tax-free savings account inside of life insurance, not death insurance, the, not the death insurance part of it, but the life part of it, the savings part. I keep about two hundred forty thousand plus there, while the other $60,000 plus I keep just in the local bank. So I'm not overly leveraged in the bank. I've still got money there that I can access that day. But I've got the majority, the lion's share of my money, my reserves held inside the live insurance. Why? Well, one, they do pay between 5 and 6% tax-free right now. Some of them are sort of pushed up towards 6% because as interest rates have gone up, it's also driving up their dividend rate that they pay you. Um, secondly, they're safer than banks. Uh, in the Great Depression, you know, there was about 35, 36,000 banks in the 1920s and then all of a sudden after the great depression there were only 13,000 left we basically lost two-thirds of banks that went out of business during the great depression where with life insurance companies only about four went out of business so a drastic difference and the reason is because they're not over leveraging like banks are banks are trying to lend out money they're investing in different types of t-bonds and bills and things like that that may not perform well and they could lose a lot of money and get become over leveraged they can have they take a lot more risks. Where insurance companies don't do that. They they have their money, they go and put it into secure products, you know, secure type of investments for themselves, and you get paid from that. That's why the guarantees are always at least 3%. And that's if they don't pay a dividend. That's just what they are contractually required to pay you. So, you know, when you're getting, you know, those kind of stable returns and um, they have a better business model. And on top of that, even if they do happen to go defunct, in that rare case, they also have to buy reinsurance which means there's a, there's global insurance companies that also insure the insurance company. So if they ever become defunct, those reinsurance companies step in, make sure your cash value that saves account and the death benefit too, both of them are protected that you don't lose any of those things and your contracts are remaining in force the whole time. So that's why I have a lot more confidence in these things. Not to mention, of course, I can use it like a Roth IRA, but without all the limitations, you know, it's tax-free gross tax-free comes out tax-free, you know, um, I can, I, if lawsuits, you know, or creditors, if they ever happen to sue and win, they can't touch this money in most States, you know, we have a hundred percent protection. Even if you have millions of dollars in here, they can't touch it. You can use it to show cash reserves if you're getting a mortgage. But at the same time, if you ever apply for college, they won't count it. And so they don't count as an asset. So you get again, have millions of dollars sitting in there and the colleges will still give you financial aid because that does not count as an asset to them in their eyes. Um, And same thing with IRS doesn't tax it. So for me, it's been a great place to store that dry powder. And even when I'm having people fund it, I don't have them use their investment money because I'm an investor, too. Right. I don't have them use the investment money up front. I just have them diversify their emergency fund into that over a couple of years, start to rebalance it. Right. And then it also keeps the cost down. You get a better ROI on your money. And eventually it becomes like what I call it, a tax free, supercharged savings account.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. That was awesome. That, that's a lot of great nuggets, and I'm completely uh, on board. It makes a lot of sense. It is great asset protection. It is, your life insurance is not you. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, is, uh, it, it grows at the interest rate higher what the banks are paying, especially big banks. What's really annoying mm-hmm. is in this environment, these small regional banks desperately need deposits, so they actually pay decent interest rates. But people don't want to keep the money in them. and nervous about those banks. So the capital sure. has uh, led uh, small and regional banks into the big banks, and the big banks are not paying anything too exciting. So from that mm-hmm. perspective, it, it's a challenge, and you're right, life insurance companies are a lot more stable than these banks. These banks, their entire business is sort of operator on demand deposits. They can get a call <laughs> uh, for liquidity uh, overnight, and yeah. the only thing that will keep them afloat is if the Fed provides a discount window cash. Beyond that, they, they could be in trouble. And many of them have actually damaged balance sheets because they bought uh, U.S. long-duration treasuries. That's uh, right. And, and, and the interest rates increases basically uh, reduce the value of those investments. So mm-hmm. if, they, if they have to sell those, those bills, treasury bills, they'll have to realize losses. And by the way, that's, in fact, a portion of it what triggered a uh, uh, Silicon Valley bank collapse. They had to run the bank, yeah. they had to sell treasuries. They had to was a big loss. And boom, the whole thing kind of imploded. So uh, what you explained makes makes a lot of sense. So, um, and by the way, I, I heard this statement that finally life insurance companies actually making a profit in this high interest rate environment, because life insurance companies actually need high interest rates to earn a decent return on the money that they're paying you. Like you, like you said, they're paying you 5 to 6%. They need to earn securely. I don't know what the exact spread, but higher than that. So- yeah. The high interest rate environment has given them that opportunity, and they're actually generating better profits. So, in fact, they are even safer now than than before, and uh, it makes total sense. So, yeah. Uh, uh, any other quick thoughts on uh, how would folks take action today? I mean, if they're sitting on cash. They, they they're nervous about uh, where to store the cash. Have they seen limit or not? Theoretically, you could keep your money in a small bank, right? Up to two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So th- that exists. But at the same time, uh, having a policy set up, it's almost lucrative because you can actually borrow from the policy. Uh, and w- when you borrow from the policy today, what interest rate do they charge you? Is it the same as before? Or they started- it's pretty much it's
0: pretty close to the same. Each company's different, but most of them are right around between like five and six percent. So similar to their dividend rate. I'll give you an example, the dividend rates for like the two top companies I, I use. Are between 5.75 and 6%. And they're predicted to increase 2024, 2025 because rates have been so, you know, been up higher than they had been in 2020. So you're going to start to see those go up. Uh, Loan rates are right right about the same thing, usually right around 5% or so is what you'll see on a loan rate, too.
1: Well, it's almost you're going to laugh at this. You could, you know, in in Kate, you can open a policy, jam the cash in the policy, Mm -hmm. borrow against the policy at say 5% and literally Mm -hmm. gem the cash back in the U.S. Treasuries. You're not making a big arbitrage there. like U.S. Treasury is probably paying the same. But the point is, if you wanted to to get access to liquidity, it's there. I mean, at 5%, it's a great uh, cash. And if you find a great deal, lets you keep keep the reserves, lets you keep dry powder, right? All those things are are great benefits.
0: Yeah, I actually interviewed a, a guy, you might know him, Eddie Wilson. You know, I interviewed him on my show recently. He's been working with our company as a consultant. And he grew up, his grandfather had owned a bank, and then also his best friend, who's kind of like his rich dad, also owned a bank when they was growing up. And he was taught from a young age that using life insurance for the banks was actually huge. And, And they would use it similar to what we talk about here, where they would use it as a way to create more leverage, right? Because they would get those policies- they can store cash in it. They know they're making like 4 or 5% or more tax-free on that money. And that also allows them to leverage and, and be able to get more money because it's a better tier capital that they can use to, to lend out and get more money. So they're able to get that. I mean, they get a better double-dip effect than we get as, as just normal Americans, right? But, uh, but definitely that ability to earn returns in two places at the same time is one of those unique features that you have. But you can't just do it with any normal whole-life policies. So if you're looking to take action... Uh, i would give two pieces of advice one is don't just dump all of your cash in y- day one like in year one because you do that it's going to drive the cost of that policy up and eat away your cash more so you want to make sure you're careful with that and that's and that kind of leads to number two it needs to be properly designed and that's and that really comes from the agent uh, just just the other day uh, you and i are in a mastermind group together one of those members said hey talk to my son you know, he was he was at that next generation event. He's in his 20s. He's stable now in his career. Um, he wants to know how to leverage this. And he talked to his Northwestern Mutual agent and uh, and wasn't impressed. And I said, no, no, because Northwestern Mutual is so expensive. You'll pay more to their their company profits than you will to your own profits. So I said, no, there's better things as an independent broker. I can tell you there's better things you can do. And so we're chatting about that of how you can actually make literally hundreds of thousands of dollars more by reducing those costs by that much over the next several years. So that's a, that's a big thing. You want to make sure it's well-designed and, and definitely if anybody ever has questions, you can always either one, check out our YouTube channel, Money Ripples channel, where we have a playlist just on infinite banking or, and, or two, you can go to our website, moneyripples.com, and we can even run numbers for you, show you how it looks in your specific situation.
1: Yeah, thank you for that again, Chris. And I concur with you 100%. Uh, don't try to be a jack of all trades and a specialist in your own design of your own life insurance policy. Uh, yeah. folks, most folks are better off working with you and specifically you, uh, not many of the local agents. I made the mistake years ago. <laughs> I gave the business to uh, kind of a buddy of mine, good friend, a, a local mm-hmm. insurance uh, broker, agent, and they they do things very different they they don't think of infinite they do. Being. so they 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 structure the policies in a very different manner it, it still has a benefit it's just it's just different in, in other words that's right uh, uh the other thing that i observed is they structure the policies that give them highest commissions so i hate to put it this exactly. way exactly but uh <laughs> the improperly structured policy or the, the policy structured to benefit them in in the form of higher commission benefits them but doesn't benefit investors that's why working with you and i know from you know experience and and we have so many mutual friends that you'll do what's right for the investor, not what's most rewarding for you, because you're trying to build a long term relationship. And many people will buy another policy in a few years. Kind of they they get one policy today, another mm-hmm. policy in a year or two as they have more liquidity. So folks don't need to think, hey, I just need one gigantic policy forever. They can buy That's four, right. five policies, right? I mean, yeah, you know, that what is it called, lettering or or, or something like that, right? Yeah, it's a lot
0: like laddering. It really is. I mean, you can, you can have, I mean, really with how we design design it, you could probably never get enough death benefit on you because we minimize the death benefit so that you maximize the cash that grows in there. Where insurance companies always teach the opposite to their agents, which is maximize that death benefit, take all your cash out. So then you barely have any cash in those policies. At least it'll take several years before you have any cash, but that just pays the agent and the insurance company more, but not you. And so what the strategy that we use is something that really insurance companies don't encourage people to do because it kind of milks the system, right? It just, and that's always a promise. Like we call it max ROI, infinite banking. Uh, that's our promises in whatever the situation or scenario is, we'll try to make sure you get the best ROI possible, hands down, compared to anybody else out there.
1: Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your wisdom. And uh, this is a particularly short episode. We, we both had a very limited time, but we wanted to record a fresh update. So I appreciate uh, this update. Uh, what's the best way to, for folks to reach out to talk to you about uh, infinite banking or setting up life insurance policy?
0: Yeah, like I said, you can go to YouTube and go down the rabbit hole by finding the Money Ripples channel, uh, which is it has a playlist called Infinite Banking on there. Um, or you can even just go to our website, moneyripples.com,
1: contact us and we can uh, set up a time to chat with you. Thank you, Chris, moneyripples.com. And looking forward, we have to do another episode really soon. So this was very short. We'll dive into some more depth on financial planning because I wanted to ask you a bunch of questions. What changes do you do working with clients in the financial planning side? But that'll be the next mm-hmm. episode. So we'll do that's another good one very soon. And we'll talk about financial planning in this crazy world of high interest rates, the banks failing, and a lot of uncertainty, potential recession. So that's the next one. Appreciate your time. Thank you kindly for coming on the podcast. We'll do another one really soon. Sounds great. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's name. Keep
1: listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.